Have you ever wondered why we pray before we read Scripture? Reading Scripture is like being baptized into a new reality. And you heard how traumatic that is. So when we pray, we are inviting someone to take our hand and walk with us into this new place, like the first day of school or the first day at work or the first day in a new neighborhood. We're inviting that presence to come alongside and open our eyes to see what may seem familiar or may seem strange. And yet we now see with God's eyes, hear with God's ears, and then speak with God's words. So let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and the word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. And from the last chapter of the last book, the book of Revelation, we hear these words. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. And on either side of the river was the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there will be nothing accursed there anymore. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there. And God's people will worship. They will see God face to face. God's name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. There's no need of light, of lamp, or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. For the Lord, the God of the spirit of the prophets, has sent God's angel to tell God's people what soon must happen. Blessed is the one who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. See, I am coming soon. The one who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Ups to be seated. And if there are children here who'd like to come join me up here for a few moments, come on down. And if you're worshiping from home, just get a little closer to your screens. And we'll have a special moment together. Good morning. I'm so glad to see all of you. Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Tummy's full of turkey and green beans and macaroni and cheese. Welcome. So glad to see all of you. Well, today is a pretty special day in our congregation because we have finished reading the Bible together. Can you believe that? We started in January with the book of Genesis right here at the beginning, 
And then all year long since then, we've been reading all the way through it and talking about it in Sunday school and talking about it in worship. But you know what? We're never finished with the Bible. That's the cool thing is that we get to read it again and again and again in all different ways. And you all get to read the Bible too. Some of you may have this one. This is in the pews. You have this one? Yeah. This is especially for children. It's got great pictures in it and tells a lot of the wonderful stories of the Bible. I've got lots of different Bibles. This is one that I've been bringing to worship a lot, and it's so worn out. Look at that. It's starting to rip, but it's really special to me. And this one is teeny tiny, but it's actually in Greek, which is the original language it was written in. I really can't read it, but, you know, I love the Bible. And I still have so many questions about the Bible, so many things I don't understand. But you know what? That's okay, because we learn together, and God always has things to show us when we read the Bible together. So as you grow up, as you go to Sunday school, as you start reading your Bible, just ask any question you want to ask. Pray about it, think about it, and you'll never grow tired of this book. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you so much for the Bible. It has so many different kinds of stories and poems and letters, and it can be complicated and hard to understand at times. But we know that you reveal yourself to us in it, and it can help us learn about your love, your love for us and your love for all the world. So today we thank you for the Bible, and we thank you most of all for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, three, four, and five-year-olds can go to Children's Church with Pastor Maggie and Pastor Stacy. Yeah, and the rest of you can go back and sit down with friends or parents and grandparents. Well, if this hadn't been a holiday week, I might have had the motivation to come in Thursday or Friday and build a big finish line <laughs> for us to have up front because we have crossed the finish line if you've been worshiping with us for a little while, you know that we have been reading the Bible together this year from cover to cover. And today we land in the last chapter of the book of Revelation. And I'm so grateful to Derek, whom I contacted several months ago, to ask if he would be willing to present these last words of the Bible in a dramatic fashion, if he could memorize it and present it as a drama. Because Revelation is a dramatic book. And it comes to an, an amazing crescendo right here at the end. And what a powerful way to bring this time of reading the scriptures together to a close. So where do we end up at the end of the book of Revelation? Well, it starts in chapter 21 and goes through chapter 22, this final grand vision that was given to John of Patmos. Chapter 21 says, And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and God was doing a new thing. And when we get to um, the next verses, it talks about how every tear shall be dry. There shall be no more war, no more poverty, no more suffering, but all shall be made right and well. And we get to chapter 22, and there's a vision of the city of God. And through the streets flows the river of life that never runs dry. And over it is the tree of life with 12 kinds of fruit. That's a special number that, that means complete. That there's enough fruit 
for the whole world, and the leaves of that tree are for the healing of the nations. So we have this vision of God's intent for the world, that there would be no more war, no more poverty, that all the nations of the world would live in peace, that there would be healing and prosperity and the flow of living water forever and ever and ever. Amen. And so the book ends with the tree of life. The book also began with the tree of life. Isn't it the amazing work of the Holy Spirit that this last book of the Bible that almost didn't get included ends with the same image with which the whole story begins? We remember that first tree of life, right? We have at the beginning and the end this, this imagery of, of God's intent for the world. And it starts in Genesis chapter 2, the second creation story, in the garden with the tree of life. In that story, we see how God has created all things to be in right relationship. God creates a human being. He is named Adam. And God creates all the animals, and, and Adam gets to name all the animals, and God creates another human being to be in partnership with Adam. And, and Adam and Eve are in right relationship with God. They walk daily with God in the cool of the day. They are in right relationship with themselves. Even in their nakedness, they are not ashamed. They are fully accepting of who they are and how God created them to be. They're in right relationship with each other. They live in peace and harmony and love together. And they're in right relationship with all of creation, naming the animals and tilling the soil and tending the garden. So all things are in right relationship until we know what happens in chapter 3, right? The tempter comes, and in the story it's in the form of a serpent. And the tempter begins to whisper in their ears that maybe this God that they're in relationship can't quite be trusted. God hasn't told you everything, you see. You'd be better off if you, if you ate that fruit that's forbidden and put yourselves in the place of God. And so they do. They eat the fruit. They trust themselves more than they trust the God who created them. And suddenly everything shifts and is broken. Their relationship with God is broken. When God comes looking for them, they hide they hide from God. Their relationship with themselves is broken. They, they look at themselves now as they were created and they are ashamed and they want to cover themselves and hide themselves from each other. Their relationship with each other is broken. We know what happens when God comes and finds them and says, what have you done? What does Adam say? That woman you gave me, now starts the blaming, blaming her, blaming God. And then she says, that serpent you created, again, the shame, the blaming, the brokenness, the sin. And their relationship with creation is broken. 
Now they have to till the soil with the sweat of their brow and the serpent and the humans will be at enmity with each other. And they must leave the garden, leave the paradise that God has created. But you know, God goes with them. God gives them something to wear, to cover, and God goes with them. And you could say that the whole rest of the story is the history of God pursuing humankind, trying to bring humankind back into right relationship with God and with each other and with creation. God calls Abraham and Sarah and wants them to be a blessing for the whole world. That, that their descendants would be a people who would bless the whole world with their special relationship with God. God gathers the people at Mount Sinai and gives to them the Torah and shows them the way of life. And yet again and again, we human beings turn from God. We turn away. We choose other gods. We choose other paths. We don't put our trust in God, and yet God continues to pursue and pursue we come to Psalm 23, where it says in the last line, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. A better translation of the Hebrew there is surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me, shall chase me down all the days of my life. God continues to pursue us. And every now and then we hear in the scriptures someone who steps out and says, here I am, who comes out of hiding to do God's will, whether it's Moses or the prophets or the judges. And then we come to the New Testament, where we as Christians believe God has fully revealed God's desire for right relationship in the person of Jesus Christ. As we see and hear the teachings of Jesus, see his healing power and see the extent to which God will go to claim us. We see Jesus pursuing the way of love and grace and mercy until ultimately it leads to his arrest. And then we see him kneeling down in a garden, praying to God that God would remove this cup from him, but if not, not my will, but yours. He being one who could pray that prayer that others could not not my will, but yours, undoing the work of Adam and Eve in the garden. And he gets up from that place of prayer in the garden and is ultimately hung on another kind of tree. But somehow in that moment of Jesus' death and resurrection, he takes upon himself all of the brokenness and sin and turning away of all humankind for all time redeems it. And then on Easter morning, he rises from the dead, and the work is finished. God has made all things right, and it is no accident that the Gospel of John tells us that this all happens in a garden, and that Mary Magdalene mistakes Jesus for the gardener. That somehow we're taken back to that place of God's intent for the whole world from the very beginning. 
And so now we, as those who, who follow the way of Christ, see this final vision from the book of Revelation. This place where we have not yet arrived, but this hope of God that there is that day coming when all things will be made right, and the healing of the nations. And we see that we live in these in-between times. That's what the season of Advent is actually all about, so we're getting a little preview. In the season of Advent, we remember that that, that day is yet to come, that God is still working to reconcile all things to God's self, and that we have the first fruits of it in Jesus. And as we prepare for celebrating his birth, we also prepare for the final coming and the end of all things when all will be made right with the world. Isn't it a beautiful thing, as we look at this image from the book of Revelation, that the tree of life is now in a city? Isn't that curious? It's as if this vision is now taking all of the work of human hands, and God is incorporating all of that into a new heaven and a new earth. It makes me feel that this vision asserts that our work matters, that what we do as human beings in this life makes a difference and is part of the reconciling, healing work that God is about in our world. That we as the people of God are called to be building a world where there is no more poverty, where there is justice and freedom for all, where there is abundance and enough for all people, all nations to flourish. Perhaps that is the work that is before us. So we see that God calls us to be in right relationship, right relationship with God, to recognize that we are God's beloved, that in our relationship with God there is no need and no room for any shame, but that we are called to be who God created us to be, already loved, already accepted. We are called to be in right relationship with ourselves. We're called to be in right relationship with each other and with creation and to be part of the good work that God is doing even now to reconcile and heal the world. You know, the Bible ends with the book of Revelation. At some point in the fourth century, the Christian community decided to, to close the book, to, to pass it down as it is, Genesis to Revelation. But the story's not over. God is still writing the story of love and grace for all humankind, and each one of us gets to participate in that story. You have a chapter, and you have a chapter, and you have a chapter, and I have a chapter, and together we have chapters to write. So my friends, may we go from this experience of, of reading the book together to living the life together and healing the world together. Thanks be to God.